Hello, Blizzard Watch friends. As a heads up, this episode will contain uh, heavy spoilers for some of the story elements that will be present in Dragonflight moving forward. If this is the sort of thing that you are mindful of, please be sure to join us for our next episode. Otherwise, buckle in. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore focus folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous, also in the frozen North Companion, uh, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I hunger for warmth. I think we all do. Uh, also, if you've got a pizza or anything, I mean, I am kind of hungry now that I think about it, but mostly warmth. <laughs> Uh, with that, folks, uh, we are currently in the midst of uh, the holiday season, so we're recording this a few days early uh, to make sure that everybody can still have a lore watch on the the Tuesday. Uh, and you know, we can also ordinarily still- we record on Sundays, but Sunday this week is Christmas. is a holiday, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I am currently in the middle of an actual blizzard, so I am watching the actual weather to make sure that I don't lose power or any of that other good stuff. But we're not going to think about that. We're going to think about happy fun thoughts. Well, maybe not all of them are happy fun thoughts, but we're going to be answering your questions. Uh, again, if you have questions for this podcast, we want them. We crave them. We need them. Uh, be sure to send like them. warmth. They are indeed like warmth. Uh, you can go ahead and send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Make sure you specify what show it's for. If you can't send it in through email or if you want to not, you know, hit us up on discord, we have one of those. They're, it's great. We love interacting with you. Uh, we have a special channel set aside for our Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you. We tend to look there first for questions just to make sure that we're giving them sort of like a little extra bonus. You know, you, you help us keep the lights on. We answer your questions first. Uh, if you are not a Patreon supporter and don't want to do email again, we understand times are tough. You can hit us up in the Q and podcast questions channel uh, where we will be more than happy uh, to pull those questions as well. As a matter of fact, I think some of these are from there. Uh, indeed as well uh but we're going to start with a question from a good friend of ours vertigree submits a lot of stuff for this show we appreciate you verd uh vertigree of Lodoran, the undead mage asks the question why lions old king Terranus's throne looks like a lion it's the symbol of stormwind but there aren't any in the eastern kingdoms they're kalimdor animals Perhaps someone resurrected by a priest saw Larions in Bastion long ago, and all humanity thought lions were just metaphors for thousands of years until Kalimdor was opened, uh, and there there were. Am I plagiarizing uh, this very podcast by asking this? I can't remember uh, if I thought of this myself or heard it from you ages ago. Uh, this is Vertigree with a, a PS. Medieval lion art is very funny. And it is now Matt really wanted to answer this one. So I'm going to let him go first. Uh, I did some research because I remembered this. My wife and I, at one point when cataclysm came out, she dragged me up to the twilight highlands because there is a lion there. Yeah. There's a rare lion. One that spawns very, very rarely. And therefore there have been at least some lions in the Eastern kingdoms. And I'm pretty sure the lack of them that we see is simply because the Eastern Kingdoms no longer has places where lions would be comfortable living. Um, I think it's much more likely that, keep in mind, the Kingdom of Stormwind was founded like 1,600 years ago. 
that's a long time. I know that World of Warcraft time gets kind of weird with like 10,000 years ago, this happened. But from a human perspective, 1,200 years ago is a long time. The the Kingdom of Arathor, which was founded like around 2,000 years ago uh, during the Troll Wars, wasn't very big. It, it didn't. It was a bunch of barbarian tribes in the, the total area it controlled was Arathor. So they weren't going around hunting things as a general rule. So it's quite possible, considering that the Twilight Highlands is not far from Arathor. In fact, you can see Grim Batal from the wetlands, which is just one zone over. So my theory is quite simply, there used to be more lions. I, there's also been hunted into like practical extinction. There's animals like broken tooth and Joe's, I heard Joe talk. So I'm going to shut up. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, wasn't there also like mountain lions in Altarac and Hillsbrad in that area as well? Yeah, but in on Earth, mountain lions are a completely different species. Uh, but the fact remains, I mean, Stormwind has the Golden King Mount. They got to have a source of lions. And I don't think they're mm-hmm. going all the way over to Kalimdor for them. So it's quite possible that there are, in, in Stormwind, there are nobles and royalty who have lions that they are breeding just so you can ride around on them. Because that's a big cat. Like, it, it's a much larger cat than any cat that's ever lived Think about the, the weight disparity between the biggest cane, the biggest uh, cat carnivore you've ever heard of and a horse. A horse weighs like, you know, between like 1,600 to 2,000 pounds, depending on how big. A big war horse can weigh almost 3,000 pounds. Now, there has never been a cat that weighed more than 1,000 pounds, ever. They have never happened. Patri- you know, Panthera Leo Atrox, one of the biggest cats ever to live, maybe topped out at 800 kilo, you know, 800 kilos, maybe. And that's like, that's a big, big cat. Um, the Smilodons, not that big. There just hasn't ever been a cat that large, not even like ligers and stuff. They, they, they don't come close. Herbivores are almost always bigger and heavier than the, the carnivores chasing them around. When they're not, the carnivore is often disadvantaged because they're not as fast. So, I feel like there probably were lions. It would make in the s- area. It would make sense, right? Like it would make sense. And there's so a little bit of game history. So in Orcs versus Humans in the original Warcraft, there was no Kingdom of Lordaeron. It was the Kingdom of Azeroth at the time. Keep that in mind. Uh, things change. Their symbol was the one that you may have seen before, which it was the helmet with the sword through it. Uh, it wasn't until Warcraft 2 that everything started getting fleshed out a bit more where Azeroth became the planet, Lauderon became the kingdom, and the symbol for it became sort of that, that lion motif that you see now. Um, but there's a lot of parallels between Azeroth as far as like its human history uh, in what is considered, you know... British lore history, right? There's a lot of crossbreeding there. Uh, so when you go to the kingdom of Lauderon, you're really looking at, you know, some of the old medieval uh, kingdoms of, of, of England. And they also did the same thing. People are like, well, there's no lions in England. There were 14,000 years ago. They killed them all. <laughs> Actually, that's not entirely true. I'm okay. Um, well, I was trying to be paraphrasing 14,000 years ago is much too short. Uh, there were lions across all of Europe, but that's like, like 10,000, 20,000 years ago. But a humans saw them B we know that there were lions in the Balkans mm-hmm. like in, in 4,000 BC, not 4,400 BC. My, my apologies. So 
medieval Europe did see lions. England, the royalty of England are not native to England. No. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I sorry I jumped in on this, but it's one of my things that I'm really super no, excited about. Um there have been bones found of lions and hippos and even elephants in England because at one time uh England was connected to the mainland by a place called Doggerland because the sea levels were lower because of the ice age. Um there were many multiple ice ages in the in the past going, you know, into the Pleistocene. And what they did was they were they they sucked up so much water to create these giant glacial ice sheets that there was grassland in the area that's now the North Sea. And there were mammoths there, there were cave lions there, there were hippos there, all sorts of stuff. And those bones have been found in England. They have found them throughout the island. But more moreover, the Normans, who were the the ultimate heads of the founded kingdom of England after the, the Saxon kings and the Saxons themselves both came over from Germany and they had people who went into Greece and the, the, you know, at the time, the uh, Byzantine empire, which was still going and they, they, the Varangarian guard were descended from these people. Uh, I mean, the other way around, they were descended from, from the Varangarian guard and so, so forth. As a result, they, when they got there, the Greeks told all sorts of stories about lions you know, because they'd been there within, like, when when the Iliad was being written, like the original construction of it around 800 BC, which is well after the events, which were like 500 years earlier, they had they had stories about lions that they fought personally because lions still existed in the areas in Greece, and we know this because we found them. We have found their remains. There were lions. There were probably lions in mainland Greece up to like BC 430 which is the time of most Greek historical legend about like the, 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 the Persian empire invading and all that stuff. So there's a, all this translates, all this transmits and much in the same way, the kingdom of Lordaeron and the kingdom of Stormwind were both founded by the Arathor mm -hmm. ultimately. And the Arathor would have kept their legends. I mean, think about this. The, the Royal line of Arathor didn't stay in Arathor or go to Lordaeron. It, the last descendant of, of Arathor himself was Anduin Lothar. And where was he? Stormwind. The actual royal line of, of the Arathor nation went down to Stormwind. So even if there weren't any lions in that area, they almost certainly had him in Arathor. Because again, not very far away from the one place we can find a living lion in the Eastern Kingdoms. And they would have taken those stories with them. So just like Joe was saying... It's much the same thing. And there's another factor that it could be as well, too, right? Like, the other thing that I want to point out is that there is a tradition of exploration, right? You Kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of Lodron and, and the human kingdoms in general, they're wanderers, right? They, they are very content to send uh, folks out to see what is out there in the world, uh, to see what's around them to, you know, and, and we've seen that they've been agreeable. If you look back at even in recent history, you look back at like the Sylvanas book, they were perfectly agreeable to, to work with elves. They were perfectly agreeable to work with dwarves who also have traveled far and wide, uh, who have a large history and a large uh, backlog of stories and mythology. It could just be as simple as they heard a really cool story about this creature that sounds noble and strong and, you know, protects its pride and, and does all this cool stuff. That sounds like something that we want to have as a value of our kingdom. Why don't we make that our symbol? It could be as simple as that. It could be as simple as just hearing the story, deciding that's what they want 
and and going for it. But Matt's probably more right than than I am in this case, where it probably is a tradition of storytelling and and legend passed down over generations because they probably have seen it in their past. They have stories of it. This well, plus, is, I mean, you know, it just occurred to me as we've been talking, something mm-hmm. hit me. There was a point in time where Kalimdor was one continent. Yep. And they would have, you know, they would have probably run into them then anyway. And keep in mind that a lot of human legends are super old because they come from the time Tyr led all these, like, you know, stunted Vrykul and people who wanted to escape. And he took them all down with him on his way to get the heck away from from Loken to where is now Lordaeron. (laughs) You know, that's where they stopped. That's where Tyr's, you know, graveyard is. I mean, where, where his body was supposedly laid to rest, although we don't find it. And spoilers, stuff happens in Dragonflight. But so it's possible they, you know, brought those stories down with them. They might have even brought lions down with them. That might be how lions get there. You know, it's just it's really interesting. There's no specific at no point does anybody actually stop and go, oh, you're curious about all the lions. Here's why we have those. But I mean, there's enough there that they could, in fact, be in the Eastern Kingdoms. So, yeah, there there is. Plus, I mean. We didn't know where Kalimdor was, mm-hmm. but Kultiris has a pirate city that goes everywhere. And even if they weren't going to Kalimdor at the time, because there was the, you know, whatever, they certainly were probably going to other places. You know, the entirety of the broken shore, the broken isles were not all underwater. You know, Surmar was under a bubble. Sure. But all that other stuff was still there. You could probably wash up there and be like, what is this weird place? You know, you might've gone you know, Northrend. You could go up there. I don't know if there's any lions in Northrend to be. There might have been at one point. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of places you could have ended up going. So yeah, I I, I honestly feel like there were probably lions in the Eastern Kingdoms. I mean, there's tigers there. There almost certainly were lions at some point. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I I don't know why I'm so interested in this question, which is relatively speculating, but I love this stuff. I love thinking about. I was just going to say it's because it's because it's speculating. We love speculating stuff. Anyway, I'm done. Go ahead. All right. We're going to move on to our next one. And this one comes from a person. Uh, This is literally their name. This is not me not having a name for it. Their their name on Discord is a person. Uh, With all five of the main flights having at least some sort of presence back on the Dragon Isles, I found myself wondering what some of the unnatural flights are thinking or feeling these days, specifically the Chromatic Flight, the Twilight Flight, the Netherwing Flight in Outland, and the Storm Dragons out in Stormheim jumped to mind. Are they feeling the same pull that other dragons did to return to the Isles? And should they? Furthermore, if they were to return, should they have an aspect? Who should that be if so? This is something I've been thinking about since the short story where we uh, literally had the, the explanation of that's your homecoming call. That is... That is what you're feeling, Rathion. This is perfectly natural. All dragons feel it. You just aren't old enough to know what it is. Uh, But that does raise the question of all these other dragons that now exist that were born from eggs, from dragons that had already been altered by order magic, essentially, at this point. And I don't know, because obviously Sibelian felt the call, and he was an outland. We know that the Netherwing uh, flight out there, you know, if if he felt that they should have felt it. But where are they? Like, is it something where they're just not able to feel it? Is it something where uh, they're so far removed from the source because their 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 quote unquote power source has shifted from Titan magic to the Nether? Well, I don't I can, know. I can answer some of this. Go for it. I know there are storm dragons. 
because I have flown into their nesting area. Okay. It's, it's in the this the dragony zone with with Valdraken. I can. I always want to say Thera's name. That's not the name of the zone. Sal Thalrassus. Thalrassus. But aren't those aren't those primalist storm dragons though? Not st- mm, the ones from the Stormheim. No, these are straight up storm drakes. The ones from Stormheim. They're the exact same model. Yeah, I flew right into their area. They were hostile, but I flew away, so I didn't get attacked. Uh, I don't know why they're there. I didn't pick up a quest or anything telling me to go there. I just like to explore they, sometimes, and I run into things. Didn't they serve Odin? Some of them did. Some of them did. Um, but some of them just weren't. Like Some of them were just themselves, and they had their own stuff going on. Uh, but they felt the call, because there they are. They, they came back. I haven't found any nether drakes or anything like that. It's quite possible that, I mean, the last time we saw the nether drakes, uh, they were either still living on Outland or Malagos had a few. Like there were a few that came to the, that's how Malagos supposedly got cured of his insanity, which didn't really cure him so much as focus it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for that, guys. But uh, when he got cured of his lethargy, because Tiragosa brought him some, some nether drakes, uh, also, some of the other drakes were used in the creation of the Twilight Drakes. Should the Twilight Drakes feel it? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. The Infinites seem to. It's because they're there. I mean, they're granted they're trying to, like, you know, juke things for their own, you know, selfish goals, but they're there. So, I don't know. I, I think it, there should be dragons of other types. Should they have their own dragon flight? I mean, you could argue they do. Uh, should they have an aspect? Well, we had five aspects to begin with. I don't know. Here's the thing. Do the storm drakes count as ascended order dragons? Cause they certainly seem to be, they don't have a body like a proto drake. No, they definitely fall into that sort of weird category of like, they Well, it, it would make sense that they're sort of on that same family or at least. Yeah. Like yeah. we know, and we already know that dragons are elemental based. There was a really interesting point. Uh, this kind of goes into stuff. We're going to get in 10.0.7. But it's not really spoilery because it was actually put there by Blizzard in an official announcement. Um, we're going back to the Forbidden Reach. And we're going with the Drakthir to explore their origins along with, quote, surprise guests. And one of the things I'm really interested in is why is the Forbidden Reach forbidden? And why did Neltharians start doing stuff there in the first place? It's right next to the Waking Shore. Mm-hmm. And you know that he was doing stuff in the Waking Shore. So, you know... But obviously, nobody thought, hey, we shouldn't let Neltharion just do stuff unsupervised because it was before everybody knew, oh, he's bug he's bug bugs. Okay. Um, hey, I stopped myself from swearing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I find myself thinking, is the secret of why, like, was he looking into the secret of Dragon Origins? Like, where proto-drakes come from? Where they come from? Like, like we know the elemental connection is there. We knew this bef- in Chronicle. Before the Primalists ever showed up in, our, in game, we knew there was an elemental connection to dragons and we know, I don't know this, this one's speculation on my part, but we know that elemental beings are vulnerable to the old gods. Mm-hmm. And we went to the black empire in a time travel, you know, this quest. So I'm like, is the reason that dragons ended up on Stormwind in the, and it's not storm on Stormwind, but obviously one did land on Stormwind. Stormheim. As the reason that the dragons got to everywhere, like not just Stormheim, but, all of Azeroth, did they come there from the elemental plane or did were like before the elemental plane was broken up into the elemental planes? Like why were they on Azeroth before that? Like 
And and how did they get there? How did they get to Stormheim? To, to and why do they seem to be working at least partially for Odin? Odin doesn't like dragons, or at least he didn't like the dragon aspects. But he's as order as it gets. You know what I mean? Did he steal? A, a, did he steal Tyr's bit? Like in in addition to creating his own, like the Stormforge, did he like go? All right, if he can have dragons, I'll have my own dragons. Did he make them? You know what I mean? Like did he find some proto drakes and and like super dose them with order? And create storm drakes out of them. Like, what is their origin? And what does it mean that we keep seeing all these different kinds of dragons, like the chromatics, the twilights, the nether dragons? Well, we've like we had the dragon episode, and we talked a little bit about that, right? Like, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, and to bring this and to bring this up for folks that maybe have missed that or, or whatever, dragons seem particularly adept at absorbing energy, and whether this is a function of what the titans did to them uh or if it's something that existed prior i think it's something that existed prior personally they seem to be able to adapt in much the same way as we've seen other creations or other living beings on azeroth do so look at the the various different flavors of earthen right they each adapt to their own particular region of the world as far as what their their element is like the there could be rocky and stony. They could be fiery. They could be frozen. Um, but they all sort of like have that adaptation. They, they, they adapt to what's around dragons very much already do that. But I think it's like what Matt was saying is like, if they're, if they're creatures that existed on the elemental planes beforehand already, or if they're creatures that existed prior to this, cause there there's drakes and stone core right there's dragon mm-hmm. there's yep. dragons and there's dragons in in that elemental plane right and the, in what's his name's palace uh alakir alakir there are there are storm drakes there and um, they're they you know what they look like more like the stone drakes from from earth deep home thank you mm-hmm. god Brandon. yep uh but doesn't that interesting to the, the the drakes from deep home and the drakes from alakir's elemental plane look more like dragons than proto drakes yes they do like is it a case of like, is it a curse of flesh situation where they turned into proto drakes because they were becoming more flesh like, and then tear used order magic to accelerate to turn, it to turn them fully into something else. Like, yeah, it would also, like, it would also explain why Cthune, uh, I think it was Cthune. Was it Cthune or was it Yogg-Saron, uh, that corrupted the font, uh, learned about that particular little button that they could turn on at the, with the curse of flesh. Because yeah. instead of like it would make it would make sense if he was infesting the pool, you know, and all of a sudden here's Tyr who is up on Titan workings and Titan and Titan stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to accelerate this and turn this to 11 real quick. See what happens. And then all of a sudden the little guy goes, oh, oh, that's already built in. I can play with that. Like I could see that being a thing. And, this and it's, being- it's similar to something that gets said in the original disc of Norganon that we looked at when we went to Aldemon. That he t- they talk about creating the uh, servants out of the elements of Azeroth because the world needed you know stronger servitors, and then the later they would become flesh. Mm-hmm. That's talked about in the discs before mm-hmm. we even ever heard of the curse of flesh. It's said there. Now, granted, those discs might have been tampered with, but it's much more likely that they weren't because those are the discs that Tear steals to keep Loken from tampering with them. So yeah, I there's a lot of questions to this and not a lot of answers, but the idea that will there be another dragonflight? I'm going to just bring it back to that for a second. I think there should be. 
Well, we're, um, we have some more I questions that I think are going to be about that because uh, there's another question that feeds into that. So okay, go this, ahead, is, this is just whether specifically the chromatic flights, the twilight flights, the, the offshoot flights should be present. And I think bringing it back to that, the answer is yes. I think if I have my way at the end of this expansion, all of the dragons will be welcomed and, uh, you know, brought back at least in some capacity and have a, a, a little section carved out for them in the dragon isles because at least the, at least the ones that can be there without trying to immediately corrupt an aspect yeah, into something correct. else because <laughs> yeah. i don't think the infinite or but honestly if they could pull it off i would well be totally i don't the know infinite. the infinite the infinite with that exchange and we're, we're probably going to talk about that at some point but the exchange between uh eternus and chromie it's not just all out and out animosity like they they think that they're doing the right thing but that's a whole other topic and we can definitely talk about that but the Infinite Dragonflight thinks they're doing the right thing to make the timelines okay. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily evil. And like, oh, I'm, I'm aware. No, I'm, I'm saying this to the folks at home. Way back, they said that they were had been corrupted by the old gods. I don't think that's necessarily true anymore, but we'll see. But the next question here is going to come from Skidori, who is a dwarf warrior. Uh, in Veldraken, in the Seat of the Aspects building, you'll see that there are a series of doors, each with banners for one of the flights around each door. So there's a red door, blue door, green door, and so on. However, there's also a door with the generic Veldraken banners. Similarly, at the top of the tower, there are banners for each dragonflight, and again, a spare generic one. Is there a possibility that we'll end this expansion with more than five main dragonflights? Could Emberthal lead the Drakthir and all other dragonkin, like those dragonoids who have become protective of the Drakthir? here or could we get something even crazier like the netherwing making a return after all they hang out in outland where sabellian has just returned from heck there's even some netherwing in blades edge mountain which is where he used to hang out surely they've had contact uh yeah so that that's kind of what we're talking about like it makes sense right it makes yeah, and, sense and we, the other dragons that were mentioned in the previous question like the storm drakes and the twilight drakes and so forth i mean twilight drakes have been screwed over pretty hard they didn't ask to be created. They didn't ask, to, you know, that that was all Deathwing. What are they doing now? You know, has anyone even tried to help them? Like Sibelian and his group certainly proved that it is theoretically feasible. If Sibelian is, is on the up and up that to, to save people from the old God corruption, save dragons at least. So couldn't someone help the twilights? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would like to see, I'd like to see a flight that was literally, I mean, one one thing is I don't want to see a flight that ends up getting treated like a garbage taxa, like you know, literally, you know, everybody else goes in this flight. You know what I mean? That that feels kind of uncool. But I'd love it if you could actually get like maybe the Nether and Twilight Drakes into like a you know a shadow, like they could they could both be different varieties of Shadow Drake for the for the Shadow Flight, and the Storm Drakes get a Storm Flight, uh, and that would be cool to me. So we'd actually end up with like what seven flights. Yeah, if maybe not, eight. If the Drakthir get a flight too, and maybe they should. So here's here's a thought. I and this is something from redoing the Veristra's quest and and doing a lot of interaction with a lot of the NPCs yeah, on the world. Yeah. What if there weren't dragon flights anymore? What oh, if it was all just one? What if it was just all one big dragon flight where everybody they had their specialties and whatnot, but instead of having a ruling class like they did. Because that's essentially what like a lot of this conflict is about too. It's it's choices being made without representation. That's why the the inca- the incarnates are doing what they're doing. If you were to believe uh, Razagath, which I don't have any reason to disbelieve Razagath's motivations here, um, decisions were made without consulting all the other dragon kind that basically signed up all of dragon kind for this sort of titan ride. 
what if that was the lesson that Alex Straza learns? And at the end of it, maybe instead of restoring all of the aspects to uh, like their, their aspect power, it, uh, this is going to be a weird reference and stay with me folks. What if it was something more like the, the power Rangers morphing grid where like all of the dragons are responsible for maintaining it, but each has their specialty. And instead of having like, you know, I'm just the aspect of life and that's all I deal with. That's just my specialty. And they, there's no more queen of the dragon flight. There's no more uh, just the five that rule over all the others. And it becomes a console. It becomes a, something where all of the disparate flights, all of the disparate drakes, anything that has the intelligence to communicate and have an opinion and, and have feelings about this stuff has a voice where they can collectively decide what the best course of action is. We've already seen that happen with the Horde, and while you know it might be a little on the nose to repeat that with the dragons, I think it makes as much sense for them as it does with the Horde. It's all of these these disparate factions, essentially, all these different races and sub-factions coming together for a common goal, and I could see that. I could see, like, you know, Alex Straza reaching out to the Twilight Dragons, look, you're kind of my kids, too, like, in a weird, messed-up way. And I understand you were serving your, you know, Deathwing, but he's gone. Everything's different now. Would you like to have a home where nobody's going to put probes in you? Or the Netherwing? Hey, you know, you guys didn't have a say in what happened. That kind of sucks. Would you like to have a say in what happens now? Come on over. Like, I could see that where, especially because Alex Straza, there's been a lot of, like, moments in the cinematics where it's like, what Rasageth is saying is getting to her. It is, it is having an impact. There is a level of guilt uh, with it where she's starting to question a lot of like, did is what we did right? Is what we did the right thing? And yes, she has to stop Razageth because Razageth wants to burn it all down, but that doesn't mean the core idea is bad. And with Ysera coming back, which spoilers, if you, you know, I'm sorry. You might want to go back and put a spoiler warning at the beginning of this one, my dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a spoiler warning at the very beginning of the episode. Um, but like with her coming back, now her perspective is probably going to shift even further. It's probably going to be softer. The two of them together generally is a more caring unit, right? Like that's that's sort of their thing is life and tenderness and love and joy. I can see a world where all of those dragons are brought in and, and given a home and given equal footing, given equal stake in what happens with the future of all dragon kind. So that's that's my thought. <laughs> I will say, listening to what you're saying, I have one problem with it. Sure. I think it's it suffers from an incorrect assumption of how the dragon flights work and what being an aspect is. Uh, in that I don't think Alexstrasza is queen of all dragons. And she certainly doesn't think that so herself. Um, no, but they, they, they her, definitely seem they, to defer to her. They like call that. her that because they revere her. And it's difficult for her to... It's Imagine somebody who is so revered that... When they say they'd like something to happen, people act like it is a direct command and go out and do it. Who, the Titans, so beloved, the Titans yeah. appointed her the Queen of All Dragons, by the way. Yeah, but that's not how she acts. That's not how any of them act. Look sure. at how look at how the various aspects interact with each other. I think it is very much a case of when grandma in a like in a lot of houses, your grandmother basically runs the effing place. You know what I mean? Like your grandmother, you know, she's sweet. She loves Christmas. She comes by. I'm not saying yours specifically. I'm just talking in general. But when she's a, a displeased, everybody falls in. 
and and they do whatever it takes to fix the situation. I feel like that's kind of what how Alex Straza sees it. And I think the problem with with Razagath was the fact that to Alex Straza, it wasn't being forced on all dragons. She was perfectly happy to let the proto drakes keep being proto drakes. Oh sure, she wanted peace, and, but everybody else sees it differently because they're different beings. Mm-hmm. And Alex Straza is unaware that her being the dragon queen, how important it is, how looming it is. Alexstrasza does not understand that she is practically a god to the other dragons. Like when you're going through the Ruby life pool, the thing that really hit me is when they, they keep saying aspects watch over you. Like, like you, if you were in a temple, they'd be like, you know, God be with you. Mm -hmm. That's how they are about the aspects. And I think that that's a big part of what you're talking about having happen. One of the big things will have to be, that the, the aspects, I think, I don't know if they're going to get their aspect powers back or not. I almost hope they don't. I, I'm in that camp too, right? Like I, I, yeah. at one point in time, I was very much firmly in the, the camp of give them back, but now I don't know. I mean, it would be cool if they get to keep having kids. Like we're seeing new dragons being born. I want that to continue. Um, I want them to get their, their oath stones back because that feels like it's an important step. But I think what, what you're talking about, I don't disagree with it. I just think that the focus has to be on the aspects themselves changing the way that they deal with their their flights. Oh, agree. Like, and the way that that has to be, it has to be around this idea that they have to accept. I I am very important to these these other dragons. Like Nosdormu and- did not understand. It, I think it's the Nosdormu thing that really has me thinking about this. When Chromie goes up to Nosdormu and says, I understand, I will do what you need me to do. And he's like, good, you'll, you'll kill me before I... No, no, I won't. I'm going to get us out of this. You know, you're going kill me. No, I'm you. going to save you. Yeah. I'm going to save you. And he's like, but you can't. And she's like, I'm still going to do it. He did not grasp until that moment that she loved him, that they all love him. His dragon flight loves him the infinites love him they just love him the way they think he should be and that's the thing well they need to grasp this well they love they love them enough to follow him into that that format right like Mm -hmm. so like they still love him they still know who he is yeah when he tells eternus that he can leave because he you know he helped get chromie back eternus is like you know i you you will be become the the perfect being you know it's just that's the thing they need to wrap their heads around how much influence they have. The fact that I I think that a council is what they think they have already. (laughs) Well, I I agree. I I think they think that's what it is, but like, it's not right. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's not like a human or an elf or an orc kingdom or, you know, whatever you would want to call it. It's not, it's ruled entirely by this just all consuming, like the, 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 the infinites, the the incarnate sorry the they they reject all of this and so they hate it with a passion and want to burn it down but everybody who went in on it is super in on it and i think the way around this whole i think we're gonna have to kill a ritacron because i'm pretty sure that dude's old god oh 100 other two theoretically when this is over the proto drakes could come in yeah and have a seat and it's like you don't like we're not going to change you and you don't have to just follow the titans we're not just following the Titans anymore. Like, you know, all right, uh, this is a big spoiler, uh, but you know this one, right? You know the big spoiler about Tyr? Yeah. Okay. It turns out Tyr's whole deal was he planned to recreate his body. 
Like he yep. knew going into what he was going to go into that he was probably going to die. So he basically made a backup that that disc of Norganon that that has his memories in it is a backup. It's a backup. He made a backup of himself and then he created a program that would regenerate a body for himself. Possibly he got the idea from when the Titans entered into their bodies. Probably. Yeah. But or the fact that he was already messing around with this sort of stuff when he was dealing with the dragons, yeah, like this but, is not exactly new, new, new thought process, right? So Tyr, I think in the end, they the the aspects revered Tyr. They lo- they thought of him as a dear friend, and at first they're like totally down with this. But imagine eventually when they get Tyr's memory back, and they then get to talk to him about what he did. You know, it's quite possible that they'll be like, okay. The, the the order thing you know we we knew you were you were making us something else we understood that but you didn't tell us any of this and and we'd like to have a conversation about it because that's not cool and we got into a war with our own kind over this you know you really should have been more forthcoming and it could change the way that they they do everything like especially if they're not aspects anymore like if they don't have the power that they were given by the titans anymore it's it it's easier for them to step back a little and let other people talk. Uh, it's, I, I'm saying this possibly thinking I'm not letting Joe talk enough because that's always a problem. I feel like I have, but you know what I'm saying with this? No. And I, and I agree. Like it's the dynamic is about to shift, right? Like our, it is already shifting. Everything is shifting. And like in the same way that the dragons are not like, they're no longer looking at the Titans as sort of a blind, uh, worship or blind following, you know, they understand the importance of their charge, but at the end of the day, they're sort of uh, trying to think of how to phrase this. Their oath is to Azeroth. It's not to the Titans and it's not yeah. to Tyr, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And they can sit there and interpret that however they want. And so if they go to Tyr, we were given the task of protecting this world. And that means not listening to you because you lied to us. I could see that being a thing. And I could also, and that's why I'm kind of like this idea of the other dragons being brought in. It's like, look, we were given a task. We are not following what they wanted us to do to do that anymore. We're doing our own thing. Would you like to join us? Would you like to, to have a seat at the table? Would you like to talk with everybody and make your own choices and not have choices thrust upon you? I like that idea a lot for the dragons because that's always been my thing with the dragons is their story has always sort of been tied up in this hardlined duty but also like it's it's servitude everything about their stories has been servitude all of it uh malagos uh his you know after he died look at caligos's story it's all about trying to get back to that point and and serving the purpose of his flight alex straza literally has elements in her story where she has been a slave uh yasera has been in service to her goal uh, you know and her aspect and ideals for so long Norse Domu is in basically on a trajectory to in his mind go to this one specific point because he has no option but to go there it's all this 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 idea of like servitude and hardline like you have to do this thing I'd like to see them finally start making their own decisions I'd like to see that sort of liberation of them there's also something I wanted to point out because we've been getting a lot of stuff from the perspective of people who don't like the titans like the primalists and to a certain degree, other beings. And we've gotten Odin's thing where he was like, don't tell them about the first ones and so forth. I would like to actually get a sense of what, like, it's very possible that the reason 
that Tyr put things the way he did to Loken is he was covering. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I telling, maintain that he was telling Loken what he thought Loken wanted to hear. And for that matter, keep in mind that a lot of the Titan watchers, I keep wondering how cracked are they after they had their gods inside their heads? Mm-hmm. And we don't know how they got out. We don't know. We know that at one point, uh, Ra, you know, keeper, you know, master Ra took the Amanthul essence out of himself and put it in the water of, of the, uh, the, the Valley of eternal blossoms. Why did it end up back in, in space? Like how did Sargeras get it? What did that have to do with the, the avatar of Sargeras is mission in Northrend where they were killing as many dragons as they could. You'll notice he went right after the dragons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I have a theory on that, by the way. Yeah. Well, maybe now's the time because well, I, I I'm think- thinking there's, Go ahead. I said I, th- I think it ties in with the next question, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up real quick and and kind of right. go from there. Uh, and this one's from Saxomophone. Uh, I know Shadowlands is in the rearview mirror, but playing through Dragonflight, had me wondering where do dragons' souls go when they die? I think I remember Ysera was a special case that she went to Ardenweald. Where do we think Deathwing or Malagos went? So I was talking about this a few weeks ago, and the more I've been thinking about it, the more I think it it feeds in with this, and probably is. Maybe part of why Sargeras was in Northrend slaughtering as many dragons as he could. I think there was a very similar engine set up for the dragons uh, that was set up on Argus for the demons. Not in the torturous method, but I think that the souls of dragons, the anima from the dragons, goes back to feed the halls of infusion and is what allows future generations to continue to be born. It's also what allows things like the mantle of the aspects to be passed down. Uh, it, I, it, see, it would make sense to me. And if Sargeras was in Northrend murdering all of these dragons, I think it was so he could follow where the souls went because he needed to know where the hell the engine was. Because don't forget, the Dragon Isles, off the radar at that point. Not around. Closed. Nobody can find them. But maybe, just maybe, a Titan who was here way back when maybe had an idea of what an engine was or where the engines were set up, knew that if he slaughtered enough, he could follow the trail. Yeah. He didn't like, it's interesting because Sargeras was never here during the Titanic intervention, but he found out about it when they told him about it Uh huh. during their confrontation. He doesn't have a roadmap of the, of Azeroth. No. He wasn't here. Yeah. But he does know how they work because he's been on other worlds. They've done stuff on, and you'll notice on Argus, there's a Titan facility. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered about that. Like, we know that the crystal that that uh, Velen found, the Atomai, the Atomai crystal. Yeah. Um, we know it was there, and it was an old wonder, and he knew nothing about its origins. They none of them knew where it came from. But it summoned Naru, and we've seen what happens when the Tear of Elune touches a Naru. It reactivates it. Like we we had that happen with uh, what's her name? Zari Zeri. I can't remember her name. My God, I'm better. <laughs> Uh, but the one that you know, the one that wanted to turn Illidan into like light guy, she was reawakened by the tear of a loon. Yep, like her core was 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 accessed by it. So was that a Titan facility? Like was there a Titan facility or multiple Titan facilities in Argus trying to nurture the spirit of Argus, like they tried to nurture the spirit of Azeroth? Were they trying to do that on other worlds? Were they trying to birth a whole new generation of Titans or whatever? Because in the case of Azeroth, who the heck even knows? But were they trying to do that on multiple worlds? Had they built that before? 
like when Agrimar came to Draenor, you know, and and created the the you know, Grand, he did so because while there was no Titan Soul in there, but the spirit energy was running wild. He, why did he care? You think about that. Why did Agrimar care that yep. the spirit energy was running running wild and everything was going to get destroyed on a planet the, on a planet that didn't have a Titan Soul? Why? Sorry. Was it as simple? No, no, I, you're totally right. That's exactly what I was thinking. And now think about what we're getting right now, what we're getting so far in the story from the, the primalist side and from the infinites and so forth is this picture of the Titans is rigidly inflexible and only caring about order. But Agrimar stopped and said, this world, these things on it will not survive. I don't have time to sit here and just really intervene, but I got to do something. Why did he do that? If that's the Titans, if the Titans are about order, wouldn't the most orderly decision be to just destroy the planet or just leave and let it, let nature mm-hmm. take its course. But he didn't do that. He stopped and he was like, I got to do something. I'll make this thing that will do what it can to, to rein this in. And maybe we can come back later. And in the result of that was, you know, orcs, ogres, the Ogron, the Gron, uh, the Magmaron, the breakers, you know, the breakers life on, on the sapient beings that live on Draenor before the coming of the Draenei. Many of them come directly from that because he did that. Why? And now you, you're talking about there being an engine similar for like, like what we saw for the, the Legion on, on Ur, on Azeroth. And, Azeroth, and yep. I, I keep thinking about the fact that we're, we're confirmed that Tearhold is Eldorus, correct? Uh-huh. We are. And the, the demon place was in Antorus. Uh-huh. Did Antorus originally have something like that for the Draenei before Sargeras got there? Is that why he went there? Is that why Draenei were so easy to flip into what they were? To become the, the well, I shouldn't say the it's the Eridar, right? It, is, yeah. It, it's... Is that why the Eridar take so easily to be being in service to the Legion? Is that why they become demonic when they're exposed to fell energy so easily? Because they're beings just like, just like us. Yep. Yeah. They're I, effectively a Titan forged race that lives on Argus. See, and I've been, I've been thinking about that quite a bit and, and that's why they look like Mogu. They absolutely look like Mogu. Yeah. So is that in fact, just are there other, were there other things on Argus that could have possibly been involved in all this? So yeah, that's actually a really interesting point on yours. You, you should definitely give yourself a gold star for that one. Right? <laughs> I'll give myself a cookie after the podcast. But I yeah. mean, it, the other thing was, is, is I've been thinking about this also since Shadowlands, very much like Saxomophone here. It's where do dragons go when they die? Because we would have assumed we would have seen dragons in the Shadowlands. Like I mean, Alex, Alex Straza's yeah. mate for one. Yeah. Right. Like Crassus. Yeah. We one would have expected to see Crassus there or any of the other dragons like Malagos or Deathwing. Like the fact that we didn't see them, I like so, some folks were calling that a mistake or like it was an oversight. I don't think it was. I think I it's mean, intentional. Possible, it's possible that they ended up in places where you know, like if Malagos went to say uh, Denathrius's place, that dude would have gotten tortured a lot. Maybe and he might have lost everything. I'm not saying that this is what happened because I agree with you. Yeah, I'm just saying we have to be careful because it's theoretically possible. Yeah, but I mean, but I do it, think it's funny that you know Deathwing never showed up. But here's yeah, you know here's yeah, so. here's the other thing that I think get lends it credence though too. It's the spoiler about Tear. It's 
Tyr had already prepared to build himself a new body and shove his memories and essentially essence back into it. Why wouldn't he make the same contingency with what he thought was the best plan to keep Azeroth safe? Well, it does actually kind of answer another question that I've always kind of had a problem with. Why couldn't they have more children after uh-huh. they lost their aspect powers? Is it because they lost because the aspect powers was what was doing Channeling. it for them? They didn't have access to the Dragon Isles anymore Be- because now on the Dragon Isles they're having kids. Like as soon as they got access to the life pools, they're having kids again. Yep. And Sibelian out and Outland surely didn't seem to have any problems having kids. Like they were laying eggs in Outland. We saw this. Deathwing brought a bunch with him anyway, which is what we get Nether Drakes and Twilight Drakes from. How come they could lay eggs on Outland mm-hmm. and Draenor before Outland, but not on Azeroth until they got access to the life pools? Because this engine that Joe has just talked about wasn't affecting them because they were on another planet in the Twisting Nether. Like that's an interesting thing to think about. Like that's an interesting complication to this whole thing. If that's what, if that's why it happened, I don't know that that's going to get revealed or not. That's the interesting thing about this expansion. They could go in so many different directions with it. Like patch ten point five and ten point seven are going to start pushing us in different directions. We know that sometime early next year we're going to get the first season. We're going to get season two sometime after spring, and then we're going to get season three. In, in like fall slash winter of next year. So about a year from now, we're probably going to get season three. There's going to be six patches and story is happening in at least four of them. Oh yeah. So where is it going? We, we know after the, we know that after the, the forbidden reach that we're going somewhere else, uh, there's been a lot of hints about underground stuff like new mushroom models and so forth. My theory is we're going to deep home. I think we're going to deep home or where deep home touches the dragon isles. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to Deep Home because I think we're going to have to talk to Theradras. But Therizane. I also think we're going. Yeah, sorry. No, Theradras. I think Theradras because I think that Theradras is going to be our way in because of the Centaur. Uh, well, yeah, Theradras no. does not want to Ther- talk to Theradras, us. Theradras, Prince, Princess Theradras is dead. So what? She's an elemental being. Eh, kinda. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about this is like, I honestly. But, but, think no, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Therizane doesn't want to talk to us, but she's still beholden to the shaman, quote unquote. Yeah, but there's stuff going on with that. Here's my thinking about the about the incarnates. Is I honestly, oh, my God, we're going in a, down a rabbit hole. How much time do we have? As much time as we need. Let's go. All right, all right. I've been thinking a lot about the incarnates and about what the primalist deal is. What is going on here? And we talked about this, I think, last week. Um, we talked about how. It's weird that we haven't heard anything about this from the shaman perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, like these elementals are showing up and going nuts, and it's very much a repeat of what happened with Deathwing. And you know, hey, don't we have a bunch of these guys working for us? Didn't we make deals with them so that they would like help us, and then we help them first? And none of them came to us. And I think the reason for that is because Ragnaros and Alakir and uh, are coming back. Yeah, I would agree. And I think they're coming back through this same process because I think the process in the elemental planes that imprisons them there is basically Titan technology. That's the same thing as we're talking about. It looks very similar to the spheres in which the incarnates were trapped in. Just going to throw well, think that out about there. this too. Maldrax. Think about um, not Maldraxxus. Uh, God, the planet that that uh, Sargeras created and ripped in half. Mardum. Mardoon, thank you. I keep wanting to say Maldraxxus. That's really weird. Um, but Mardoon was basically a prison Sargeras created that trapped 
fell being souls in it. Mm-hmm. And once he did that, they Titans knew how to do that to other kinds of beings that, that were not native to planes of existence. They knew how to do it. I think that they use that technology, not just to imprison the elementals, but I think that technology is what they used. It's what Antorus is in the opposite direction. Like if, if an elemental dies on Azeroth, it's taken to the elemental planes and held there. We know this because that's what they banished them all to. But the elemental plane existed before this because we know we know that it did because there's an elemental plane for Draenor. And the elementals are, live in peace on it because they don't have anything to fight about. And it connects to Draenor. It's literally just a place that they go to and from. And that has me thinking when they created the elemental planes, they baked in this prison aspect. And that prison aspect is essentially the same thing as Antorus or the, what we're proposing for Aldorus with the dragons. It's a thing that, and in fact, that would make sense then that they would use that to, to, for your dragon thing because dragons are elemental beings. Yep. Right. But that would also mean that the, the, the big two of, of evil elemental kind, Ragnaros and uh, Alakir. Alakir could use it to come back. If you like literally reverse the imprisoning aspect, you could pull them back from the like non-existence that they were, you know, effectively sentenced to by dying on their own planes. Yeah. And see, that's the weird thing too. Cause we, we were told that like them dying on their own, their own plane was like a final death, but like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And right? for the matter, Shadowlands has, Shadow has thrown that all into disarray. Yeah, and we never. We, the thing is, we saw elemental style beings in mm-hmm. Shadowlands. But they weren't elementals, like you know what I mean. They weren't like an earth elemental or whatever. They were just beings of anima. Yep. And that that kind of leads to the question: What is an elemental? I mean, essentially, like, a being of anima. Is it, is it a being of anima that is like you know inside an element, or is it the anima of elements themselves? Do elements have anima? Are they made of anima? Is everything ultimately made of anima? Oops, anima all the way down. Yeah, like well, or like like a, like the whole idea of to go back to another franchise, uh, Diablo, with um, ultimately everything descends from Anu. You know, everything descends from the primordial Anu that split itself into two beings, like the angels, demons, mm-hmm. like uh, the worlds themselves are created by the world stone, which is a chunk of Anu. Like everything comes from Anu in a similar way. Everything is made of anima. The first ones made everything out of it. Why, why doesn't you know, why doesn't Odin want people to know about the first ones? He says some stuff about how he th- it, will, it will confuse them. But what if it's he doesn't want people to know about the first ones? Because that way lies the understanding that a Titan is literally just a much bigger being of anima than I am. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I've always I've posited that, too, because it's shattered. It's 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 it smacks a lot of the old religious texts of, you know, don't let them know that the, the emperor is just a man. Right. Or, or whatever the case is. Well, like looking at like, going back to like Warhammer 40k because you love Warhammer 40k. I do. The Emperor of Man spends a lot of time before he ended up on the throne. Spent a lot of time obscuring his origins. Yeah, you know. And to this day, there's a lot of dispute. Like a lot of the uh, I want to. Oh, what do they call the 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 white dudes who like worship him directly? Uh, you're talking about the Inquis- Inquisition. No, 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 no. The, 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 the I want to say Primarchs or, or oh Prime no, Dude. the the Primarchs were his children. Yeah, but but they have that one group, the the one group that they all dress in white and they're like they worship him directly as a god. 
Oh, they the just, uh, they, the word bearers. Thank you. Uh, those guys are so crazy that even the Inquisition is like, <laughs> um, I don't know about these guys, but you can get them to do what you want by just kind of saying, yeah, the Emperor said to do it. And they don't even care that he doesn't talk to anybody anymore. They're willing to believe you just because... Well, yeah, a little more complicated than that, but yeah, it's it's you're absolutely am, on the right I path, am, though. You're I in the essence of it, down. yeah, because yeah. we do not have time for an hour long Warhammer episode to just happen right now. Oh God, someday, guys, give get let Joe do a Warhammer episode. Um, <laughs> It'll happen. But but to that kind of idea that you know, if we if we let people know that the Titans are you know there there are other beings, other pantheons, it would just confuse them. That's entirely possible, but it could also be. Odin himself is afraid of that knowledge. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to think about it. He doesn't want to like, you know, he doesn't want to be reminded of it. It is scary to him because he order is all he is for. He's the prime designate. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to this idea of your, like the idea that I do that. I definitely think that we're going to get rag and uh, Alec here back. I would be very surprised if we don't, but I also think like I've seen people in as a joke saying that Odin should be the final boss of dragon of Dragonfly. I'm not convinced. We're not, I'm not convinced that I, we aren't fighting him. I said this weeks ago, yeah. weeks if ago, he's not, if he's not the final boss, he should definitely be, there should be a raid where we go beat the crap out of Odin. And I think we were going to, I think, I think that's going to be one of the things that happens, especially with the whole tier spoiler. Tier's yeah, going to come and, back and be like, what's happened? Explain everything that happened and be like, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to go pay my brother a visit now, aren't we? <laughs> Especially with stuff that we've seen before about Alduar, like that it's been sealed off, that they're not talking to anybody outside of it, that when you call them during Battle for Azeroth, Mimiron hangs up on you. Which is hilarious. Blizzard, give me give me a heist scenario where we have to break into Alduar to bring the shields down so we can get back in. Give it to me. And what's really funny about all this too is like, oh I keep having this idea. What if it's not that that Odin is evil? Or even that he's like overly like it's just that he does not he has been stranded in a pocket dimension for so long while all this other stuff happened. And what did the dragons do? Mm-hmm. during that time period so odin's like doesn't have a really good view of them i don't know at the end of this maybe we could reconcile to him i don't know because as a warrior i want to beat the living crap out of odin but i understand as a lore person that maybe i'm being knee-jerk on this <laughs> i really didn't like being treated like a pokemon listen, for an entire freaking episode man listen just because we fight him doesn't mean we can't reconcile yeah but you know for that matter who knows maybe if we kill him he just ends up coming back through uh, the, the halls of infusion tear hold um there's just there is a lot to this, but yeah, uh, this kind of goes into the next question, though. Yeah, which I'm going to go ahead and, and throw that out there because I think uh, this I, is a very special Christmas episode at this point, guys, because we've been going for <laughs> over an hour. Well, I, I'm fine with this being a longer episode. I want to I'm going to see if we can get through the last uh, two questions here. Uh, so this one is uh, from Skull Crusher, who is uh, a Magar Orc Death Knight. So, you know, no, nothing wrong there. Appropriately named, man. Indeed. Uh, if Sibelian is playing for Team Old Gods and or the Primalist, Rathion will probably become the Black Dragon aspect. If Sibelian isn't secretly twirling a mustache and really is a good Black Dragon, then I expect that they will both step aside for Ebonhorn to become their aspect. Only one of the two can win the throne, and it's doubtful that Rathian has been around so long and wow now to not become the aspect. So that means it's very likely that old Sabi is a bad guy or that a third Black Dragon will take the role. Maybe uh, here's my thing. Why I don't think it's going to be Ebonhorn. I'd agree. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Ebonhorn because Ebonhorn is too directly associated with the horde. Now, Rathion is certainly associated with the Alliance. 
because you know he's he's practically dating Andy and, and all that stuff, but he's not actually a member of it. You know, he just comes and goes as he pleases. Whereas you know, Ebonhorn slash Abyssian is literally working for the Horde directly. Like his his he's advisor to Myla. He, yeah, Myla is practically dating Bane. No, uh, no, practically they, they are. They yeah. confirmed. They haven't shown any of it, so I'm I'm still spicy. But whatever, you know. So. I, and this is not me saying that Abyssian shouldn't be aspect. Quite frankly, he's probably the best candidate um, in that he's, he is certainly, I want to say, he, I don't want to say he's the smartest, but he's way more experienced. He's uh, the most he, emotionally mature. Yeah. There's the, and that's why he doesn't want the job. You'll notice yeah. he hasn't shown up going, what about me? Uh, you know, but he does exist and, and he certainly shouldn't be forgotten. I would like to see him show up at some point. I would honestly, my dream scenario for this would be to him show up and like get Sibelian and Rathian in a room together and go, listen to me. The reason you keep fighting is you're practically the same effing person. Yep. You're Machiavellian. You're manipulative. You constantly believe you're right, but you care and you want to do right by your people. That's great. You have way too much baggage for working for Deathwing. You're going to have to look at that and get and get a clue. There is no way you're going to be sitting on a council with Alex Straza and her not be scrutinizing the poop out of you. You are 10 years old. You are not ready to be aspect of the Black Dragonflight, Rathian. I love you. You've accomplished a lot. You are a child. Do you understand me on this? You're a child. I was a child too once 10,000 years ago. I've been where you are. You need to, to calm down. Okay? You're, we do want to preserve your legacy, but it's not just your legacy. It's our legacy. All of us, everybody around here. A lot of these dragons don't trust you because they know you murdered several of our kind. They, they know why you did it, but they don't trust you. So here's what we're going to do. None of us is going to be aspect. There's not going to be an aspect. There's no aspecting happening. We are going to rule our people together because our people are going to rule our people together. And it's, that's what we're going to present to Alex Straza. That is the solution to this problem. Nobody is sitting in the big chair. We don't have time for that. We have to fix things and save our people. Let's go. And then they all go out and they do that. And Sibelian is like, is he always like this? I was like, yeah, he gets frustrated. <laughs> Just because I feel like that's the best solution here. I don't want Sibelian to be team old God or, and or team primalists. Yeah. I don't want him to be a bad guy. Not, this is not saying he couldn't be, and it wouldn't be an interesting story, but in the end, it's not a very satisfying fate for Sibelian. to come back now, just to be the foil who proves that Rathian gets to be aspect. And, I, I love Rathian. I think Rathian's a great character. I actually like him a lot more now. Yeah, than he's, I he's gotten a lot better than being the whiny kid when he was first introduced. Yeah. Like he he's actually there's a twinkle to him. He he's very he's very pleasant about the things he does. I don't know how else to put it. Like when Rathian is like, oh yeah, we'll just attack them. <laughs> You're like, dude, you don't have the forces, but I'll be there. You're like, well, I can't fault his courage. You know, he is going to be there. He's going to sh- he's going to go with us to this. But I don't think he should be aspect because I just don't think he has the experience. It's the experience thing that keeps coming back on me. Has he accomplished great things? Absolutely, he has. Uh, is he willing to make hard decisions? Yep. Uh, in fact, maybe he's too willing to make hard decisions. Uh, but if if one of them has to be aspect, I do think it probably will be Rathian. But I would love it if they didn't even do that. That would. That's my take on this. Yeah, and, I, and I'm kind of in the similar camp, right? Like, I don't want Sibelian to be a mustache-twirling villain. I don't want Sibelian 
to be working for the old gods or the primalists. I do want him to have been, you know, struggling in the wake of his father's tainted legacy, doing the best he could in Outland. Uh, you know, yeah, he doesn't fight us even then. When we go to Outland, he's never hostile. No, I mean, he gives us a really terrible job and we go and kill, uh, you know, a couple grand for him and he gives me some pants, but I mean, he's never hostile towards us. I mean, it, he even shows up to help. If yeah, you're, if you're an alliance, he, he shows up to help because Rexar isn't going to do it for you. Yep. I mean, obviously, it's better with Rexar because he's Rexar, but you know, the alliance actually he helps them do it, so he does he does show up to fight. But I um, I, I think that I think that the happy medium is somewhere in between. I think that the two of them because here's the thing, that, and, I, and I've, I've said this before, and I'll bring it up again. Nothing says there can only be one aspect of a domain. There is literally nothing besides colloquial knowledge and and what we've already seen we don't know the mechanism yet we haven't gone and dug it up we know that the halls of infusion are 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 part of it we don't know what that actually entails we don't know fully about the mantle of aspect it's entirely possible that the two of them could split it that they could both be the aspects of the black dragon flight and fulfill their role much in the same way caligos does or did even when he couldn't have the power there's nothing yeah. that keeps them from doing that. And, and honestly, that matters, yeah. go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, and honestly, I think it would be the best outcome is having those two reconcile throughout the course of Dragonflight, come to terms with each other as brothers, come to terms with each other in the way of the, the weight of their father's legacy. Cause they are pretty like Matt's right. They're practically the same man person. Like they, they just one's older, one's younger, but the, the one's been isolated for a, a really long time. The other has been isolated also for a really long time. Uh, like they they have so much crossbleed that if they were to sit down and actually talk with each other, they'd probably be the, the rare case of siblings that get along, you know, in between punching each other, because that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I, I love their, their dynamic in, on that cart ride. It's great. Oh, it was fantastic. But that's, that's what I would see. And, and like the scenario that Matt put out with Evan Horn, sitting them both down and being, look, get your stuff together get your head in the game. You want to secure yeah. this legacy, do it together or not at all. Yeah. We don't have time for this. I, I, that's the thing I really want to get across to you. We don't have time for this. We only have time to get our people back. Uh, I'm civilian. Thank you for the eggs. Rathion. Thank you for getting us here. Let's get this done. I don't have time for this. And and I, I, that's the thing. I do like Evanhorn. I love Abyssian's character because he is the mature one, mm -hmm. but the mature one is also the one who has to sit people down and go, if you do not, if you stop, don't start behaving, I will turn this flight around and we will go back to, <laughs> uh, I swear to, I swear to the Titans, you know, I'm just, so yeah, I don't want Sibelia to be a bag, but I do want there to be like some interplay of these characters. And there was a hint that other characters might even come through like that broodmother. I love that character. She's great. So I'd like to see the dragon flight get explored all of them really, but the blacks really need some exploration here. Agreed. Uh, and that's going to bring us to our last question here, which is from our friend, Jack, Jack, uh, putting on your most tin foily of tin foil hats. Where do you think Dragonflight is going with our big bad being taken off the map at the end of the first raid? Obviously we have three other big dragons to deal with now, but do you feel there's a puppet master dragon rider out there making all of this happen? And who do you think they are? I think Matt's spot on the, the, the dang money. I think it has to do with Ragnaros and Alakir. I, I think it has to do with them trying to come back. And I would be absolutely shocked if the elemental Lords are not involved in this. It just 
smacks of them. It smacks of sort of their what they would want to do. Yeah, because, because keep in mind that the old gods dominated them with the cipher of domina- of, of domination. Obviously, they don't want to be dominated. They'd like to be free of old god influence, whether or not they agree with the you know good or evil aside. The the elemental lords ruled the world before the coming of the old gods, not the titans. And and the titans didn't actually enslave them. It was the old gods who did. And the in the titans made the old god situation worse mm-hmm. because they didn't kill them. They felt they couldn't incorrectly or correctly. Doesn't matter. And if you are something that's been forced into servitude from them, you're not going to be happy with that outcome. And like the idea of that, the, the incarnates want to burn it down, burn down everything that had to do with the Titans. It's, I don't think it's just the Titans because what happens if you raise the entire planet, everything is gone. You start from scratch, you reoriginate it and the elementals are back in control. Mm -hmm. That's what it was like before. That's what they had. They, they warred across the domination of the world. There's a map in Chronicle of the zones they controlled before the coming of the old gods. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fought across the planet, at least the, the part we know about. Um, so I do, I, I don't dispute that. I think the old gods are going to be a major deal. Not the old gods. Uh, the, the elemental Lords are going to be a major deal. I definitely think we're, we're going to be exploring like what, what the incarnates are doing, who, uh, Iteridicron made deals with how he deceived his fellow um, incarnates. Like Razageth seemed like she was a real true believer. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. if Iridicron was making back back alley deals, so to speak, who was he making them with? How did he get access to the elementals? You know? And it's pretty it's pretty clear to me that the old god that Deathwing called upon was Nazoth. Yeah. I mean, we know that that's who corrupted Deathwing, and we know Deathwing corrupt. You know, when he was Neltharian, called upon the old gods to get the power to to seal up Razageth in that vault, which was the one in the Forbidden Reach. So it's pretty clear. I mean, Nisoth doesn't need to be re- directly under you, but it still seems interesting that that's who he called upon, and not say Yog or Cthulhu, who are significantly more powerful than Nisoth. Yeah. So, so I think that. It's quite possible. And again, I've said before, the whole Eridicron is the earth elemental aspect means that he's dealing with the deep earth, which is, of course, where the old gods are. But I also think that maybe that's a hijacking of what the, the actual, you know, if if the elemental lords sealed this deal with the incarnates and said, you will be an aspect of my power. Well, Eridicron's the big flame one, isn't he? Sure is. Actually, no, he's the earth one. Sorry. He's the earth one. Uh, Razageth is technically the flame one. Mm, they actually have a, a fire one. She's the air one. Razageth was the air one, which means she would have been dealing with Alakir. I can't remember the name of the fire one, unfortunately. This is this is the problem of discussing lore. There's just so much of it. My There's brain is like it clogs up. But they had a fire one. They had oh, an earth yeah, one. Firak. 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 Yeah. yeah. Why could we not remember that the fire one was named Firak? <laughs> because it's too obvious, man. <laughs> Firak was born Firak. No one knew. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's Firak, who's the blazing, Eridicron, the stone scaled, Razageth, the yeah. storm eater, and uh, Varanoth, the frozen heart. Yeah, so that covers all four of the elements. I mean, frozen is cold water, but it's still water. It's still water. So if all four, if, if the four incarnates made deals with the four elemental lords, which seems like it must have been it must be that would explain why the, the elemental lords are not currently going oh hey shaman here's what's up because they're banking on this working because they need to get free 
of the Titans bondage that the Titans lock them in the elemental planes before they can get free of the old God bondage. And um, for, for that matter, they might feel like, Oh, Hey, with all of them dead. And I'm making air quotes here. We could go back. We could, you know what I mean? Like the elemental Lords could be like, Hey, if, if they're all, if all the old gods are actually dead now. And yeah. And that could be what Odin's been doing. Cause what, Odin, trying to stop them trying to stop the elemental Lords from coming back. Oh, because they burned his face off. Because then only did they burn his yeah. face, but he was part and parcel with, you know, in this case, Helia, uh, locking them away with, you know, working with the other ones. He was there. He was part of that whole process. He knew what happened. He knew how their prisons oh, work. Oh, 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 Lord. I just remembered this. Go for it. It was Odin and Tyr who fought Ragnaros. It absolutely was Odin and Tyr who fought Ragnaros. Ragnaros would hate both of them. Absolutely. He would hate both of them. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. That's an interesting possibility. But I mean, it could be it could be why Odin is is doing what he's doing, getting back to the main the main labs, getting back to where basically the weapons are, uh, getting to the control center because that that was their control center. That was the Watchers' like main uh, hub for oh, the yeah. entire for the entire network of 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 facilities. That could be why he didn't want to hook in with the other things because. He could have been in the middle of stabilizing those prisons or trying to. And what would we have done if we had taken that power away from it? If the maintaining of the elemental planes is housed in Alduar, which it very well may be, we could have just really messed up and freed all of the elemental uh, lords, shattered the elemental planal prisons in one fell swoop by sucking all of that power to deal with Nizoth. And Odin may have seen that coming. And it would also be why Mimron, who was around when all the stuff went down mm-hmm. agreed to it. Yeah. He's, he's like, nope, yep, no, sorry. Nope. Beep. Yep. Especially after he loved us for helping him. Uh, I just keep coming back to that. Like, I, I don't think Odin's the bad guy. We're going to have to fight him at some point because he's not going to tell us what's going on. Oh yeah. Cause he's a conceited jackass who needs to get an ass kicking. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's our one, by the way. That, um, yeah, we're good. <laughs> the, but it's like, we're going to have to beat him into submission to tell us what the heck is going on. Then once we know what the heck is going on, we're going to be like, Oh crap. <laughs> like that's how I see this happening. That's how I see this going down. It is a t- tried and true method in, in world of Warcraft. So absolutely. I don't disagree with you, but in, uh, one of the other things I've got going on though, is that they're, since you're asking about all this, like I think that that would be the mid tier. Like that might be like season two is we, we, we get all this stuff and we go up and deal with it. Uh, we go to the element. There might be like two or three raids. Like there could be one raid that is literally going to the uh, to deep home and fighting our way to somebody who will let us freaking talk to Therizane. Mm-hmm. And then Therizane's like, I don't have to talk to you. And we're like, look, are we going to have to beat you up too? And of course, either she is or she has somebody there that we have to beat up. And we're like, look, okay, we just kicked his butt. Do not make us do this. Tell us stuff. And maybe she tells us, maybe we have to beat her up. So like kind of like a council of storms type, you know, two or three, three, two or three boss raid. And then I think we go to possibly we go to Alduar, um, which would be great. (laughs) But at the same time, man, Alduar is huge. So I kind of hope we go to Alduar, but it's like a secret place. part of Alduar. We never went to before. We already did that with Alden. Yeah. So, so I'm here for it. I'm here for, for Alduar 2.0, where we, uh, wind up going to different places of it because yeah, I absolutely. think that would be rad. That place is massive. Yeah. And, massive. and I mean, we were doing it with, we did it with all So yeah, absolutely. I think that would be really cool. Um, but then I think that the, 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 here's the thing. We don't know 
if the third patch season three, if that's the last content patch or not. Yeah. Cause they didn't say it was the last patch. They just said it was like, this is our roadmap for 2023. We don't know what the roadmap for 2024 is. We know that if it follows the pattern of other expansions, the like the expansion will likely be ending near the back half of the year. Does that mean that, that season four will be similar to season four of Shadowlands where we don't get anything new. We just get like a new type of raid that brings all the other raids up. Maybe, I don't know, but it also it's possible that season four will actually be the continuation or completion of the story. Don't know if season three is the end. Uh, I, I have ideas about what it might be, but I don't like, obviously no one has told me anything. Um, like, I think, like, Joe, do you, do you think season three is probably going to be the end, or do you think we will actually get more more stuff in season so four? So here, here's the thing. I think that in season four, at the very least, we're going to get a cleanup content. I don't think that season three is going to be, like, the end, the end. I think we're going to have one more tier of content that ties everything up. That's my that's my opinion. Okay. Well, we'll find out, obviously. And guys, you know, if we're wrong, we're wrong. These things happen. But my thinking, my thinking is, I'm just going to go with the idea that season three is not going to be the end, and season four is. Mm-hmm. I think season three is going to be a literally us going to confront. Uh, if we don't fight the uh, the incarnates in season two, then we're going to be fighting them in season three. Yep. And when we fight them in season three, that will be roughly the equivalent of Ashara's palace. Because like, remember the way that uh, the way that. Battle for Azeroth did it is worth looking at here, where we had um, Oldir as the first raid, and it was very much not. It was a side raid. It was it was important to what was going on, but it wasn't the the it wasn't the main deal. Then we had the next the next two raids were the the raid on Dizarlor and the the Council of Storms, uh, the, the the little mini raid, and then we had Ashara's Eternal Palace. I think that season three is going to be like the Ashara's Eternal Palace of this expansion. It's going to be a really big deal that is very important to the story, but which goes in a direction you don't necessarily see right away. Um, and I think that, I think we're not going to get to see an old God in this expansion. That's my calling it now. Cause I, I think the old gods are involved, but I don't think we're going to see one. I don't think we're going to fight one. Um, for one thing, I don't think there's any to fight. Like they're off doing they're, If they're not dead, cause I don't know if they can die. They're regenerating or regrowing or redoing whatever they're doing. It is off possible plan to get himself in the engines. of you know, there's a lot of stuff possible, but I think that it's going to be related to it. And I think that that's because of the, the Nos Dormo thing. I think it's going to be Morozond. Yeah, I can see that. And I think we're going to finally get, like, I think we're going to get to see Nos Dormo versus Morozond. Uh, I'm here for it. And at the end of it, we're going to have both Nosdormu and Morozond as separate beings. Yep. Chromie will have found a way and we will end up with both of them. Uh, I think so Chromie, I think Chromie is just going to have found the origin of Morozond is really what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. But that's my thing for season three and season four will be the wrap up. Uh, so I think if we fight the incarnates in season three, then Morozond will be season four. Yeah. If we fight Morozond in season three, then the incarnates will be season Yep. That's where I am right now. But who knows what we're going to find out in, t- in 10.0.7 and season one. Because I mean, season two. So I know at least one person season. who knows, but they won't tell us. Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I'm but, not even going to ask. But I think that's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for a wonderful year. 
Uh, we've had a lot of fun so far, and we, we really couldn't make this show without you. Your support enables us to do so. Because Blizzard Watch is made possible due to your generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast setting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance of having your question answered on our podcast or the Q&A ads free site experience. If you have questions for us, be sure to send those in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit us up on one of our our discord channels uh if you're a patreon supporter again you have your separate channel so that you can go ahead and uh, have your stuff highlighted so we can see it and get to it first uh and everybody else thank you for your continued support again sharing our show sharing links to the show telling your friends about it also helps as much as the monetary uh donations as well so anything guys and i i want to throw in we're probably doing one more show this year right we have at least one more and i have an idea for it all right cool so be on the watch out for that. This one was long. Who knows what we're doing for the next one? <laughs> it's going to be wild. But with that, folks, we'll see you next week. <laughs>